What is good? What is good? Welcome to another episode of Commander's Demand. It's your boy Sports PSP. Hope you enjoying your day. Lot to discuss regarding yesterday's game between the Washington Commanders versus the Seattle Seahawks. Lot to discuss. Sam Howell going toe-to-toe against Geno Smith. Great quarterback game between the two. The commander's defense, Emmanuel Forbes, and a lot more to discuss on Commander's Demand. So please stay tuned because Commander's Demand starts right now. You're watching Commander's Demand with your host, Sports PSP, exclusively on the Grid Network. Yo, what is good? It's your boy Sports PSP. Welcome to an episode of Commander's Demand. Before I start off the episode, please make sure that you go like and subscribe to the Grid Network, the G-R-Y-D Network. Please stay tuned. I mean, later on, we have Carving It Up podcast with my man Bryson Carver later today at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then tomorrow, Tuesday, we've got the 8 o'clock um, show. So please stay tuned. Go check out the podcast. Go check out the Grid Network. Make sure you like and subscribe. Also, make sure that you like and subscribe to the Sports PSP podcast. Today's episode is named, What Did I Tell You? What did I tell you? I told you Wednesday night on Commander's Demand that the Seattle Seahawks quarterback, Geno Smith, was going to have a bounce back game, a rebound game after what transpired last week against the Baltimore Ravens. Not just last week, but in six games. In the past six games, Geno Smith, uh, past four to six games, Geno Smith was struggling. He was struggling as far as with the interceptions because he had seven interceptions, nine touchdowns to seven interceptions leading into the commander's game. He wasn't looking like the Geno Smith of old, like last year. He was looking like the Geno Smith going back to his days with the New York Jets. I said that Geno Smith was going to have a bounce back game, not just because Seattle's the better team, they're at home, but primarily because of the commander's defense. They were trash in the second half, and Geno Smith just torched them in the second half. In the second half of that game, Geno Smith, just looking at the numbers into this game, 31 of 47, 369 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions and was only sacked one time in that game in the second half Geno Smith 
was 16 of 20 for 217 yards with two touchdowns. The touchdown pass to Kenneth Walker III and the one to Tyler Lockett. Geno Smith played sensational in the second half. In the first half, he didn't really get much in the first half because Seattle only settled for field goals. That was about it. Commanders defense did its part in the second in the first half, only allowing the Seahawks to field goals. But in the second half, they were just flat out terrible. They were just terrible in the second half, and Geno Smith just torched them apart. Both Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, the two of them combined 15 receptions for 190 yards and one touchdown. Washington's defense gave up a total of 489 passing yards. 489 total yards, I'm sorry to be exact. 489. Washington's defense in the second half looked lost. They couldn't tackle. They couldn't do anything on defense in order for them to stop the Seahawks. I just don't understand and I just don't get it. I mean, you played this well in the first half. You did its part in the first half and then in the second half, you look totally lost. And I don't know what more could I ask from Sam Howell. Sam Howell, and I'll get into Sam Howell later on in the show, but he played great. Your defense and Ron Rivera, I'm putting a lot of this on Ron Rivera, and I'm putting also a lot of this on Jack Del Rio as well. Because, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why I'm putting a lot of this on Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio. Jack Del Rio, you the defensive coordinator. Ron Rivera, you're the head coach, and defense has been your signature. And your defense, primarily your secondary, has been shit all year. They've been shit. I I'm sorry. It's just the truth. We've seen the commander's defense against the Eagles, in which Jalen Hurts has torched them. We've seen so many other games this season in which the commander's secondary has been just awful. Their defense leading into that game was 32nd in the National Football League. And you were coming off a victory against the New England Patriots. Mind you, one of the worst scoring offenses in the NFL. And then yesterday, they only managed to score, what, six points and lost that game to the new uh, Indianapolis Colts. Geno Smith, um, look, I, like I said, Geno Smith was not going to have another bad game like he had against the Ravens. There was nowhere to go but up. Because you were going up against a lackluster, pitiful, awful defense. Let's just call it for what it is. Washington's defense has been absolutely pitiful all season. 
So Geno Smith was going to find a way to get his, and he did. I I don't, I, I just don't get it with this defense. This defense has just been garbage. I mean, you let Jalen Hurts torch you. You let Tyrod Taylor torch you. I mean, come on. How bad can this defense, I mean, you're like dead last in the NFL. I mean, you let Justin Fields torch you. I mean, how bad can you actually be as a football team? Also, another interesting stat right here that I'm looking at right now. This is from Next Gen Stats. The Seattle Seahawks gained 258 yards after the catch in their Week 10 victory over the Commanders, which is the second most yards after catch in a game by any offense this season. The Seahawks' four leading wide receivers each gained at least 40 yards after catch. This is according to next-gen stats. This is, I, I mean, oh, Jesus. I mean, this was, this could have been a case for the commanders for you to go on the road against a team in which you were a six six and a half point underdogs you were a six and a six and a half point underdogs leading into that game this was a game for you after coming off a victory against the new england patriots in which you could have won and heck who knows you probably could have had a chance to keep your playoff hopes alive. And yet you showed us who we are. You showed us who you are. You showed us your true colors, Washington. You just showed us your true colors. Just how inconsistent, just how bad you are as a team. Defensively, you're just that bad. I mean, Emmanuel Forbes, and by the way, Emmanuel Forbes, in the first quarter, he was ejected in that game. Do I think he should have been ejected? <sighs> I don't know. I wasn't really shocked that he was ejected because, after all, it was helmet to helmet. He did have contact with Tyler Lockett's um, helmet. So... Once you saw that, once I saw that, I kind of realized, okay, chances are it wouldn't surprise me he'd be ejected. And that's exactly what happened. But our, our, our secondaries from Benjamin St. Juice, Kendall Fuller, stop. Stop. There was no way that they were going to stop Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. There was no way. Geno Smith was going to show folks that he was going to step up and he was going to ball. I said that Geno Smith was not going to have the type of game he had against the Ravens because it was against the commander's defense. They've just been that bad all year long. I mean... I was not shocked that the commanders lost that game. I'm not 
mad that they lost. I'm disappointed. What I'm mad is that the defense can't get their act together. And you blew an opportunity. You blew an opportunity. You were playing well in the first half. You only gave up nine points. Nine points. The other problem that I also have with the commanders since the trades of Chase Young and Montez Sweat, even though we end up receiving draft compensation, do you know the past two games that Washington is uh, Washington's defense has only registered one sack and only sack was from Jonathan Allen? You're making it, I mean, I was watching some other podcasts of people covering the Commanders on YouTube, um, suggesting that the Commanders can actually make a playoff run. No, they're not. They're not. They are not making a playoff run. Stop it. This team defensively is not that good. Offensively, yes, they can do its part. But defensively, they have been Garbage all season long. They've let, I, I mean, look at the games, look at the amount of points, look at the amount of yards they've given up. They gave up 489 yards to the Seattle Seahawks offense. And you expect me after coming off a victory against New England that they're going to make a playoff rush? No fuck out of here with that that ain't happening so anyone who's trying to make a compelling argument or case that washington is making the playoffs stop they're not they probably gonna finish i said they'll probably finish eight and nine it's starting to look more like six and eleven or seven and ten because if you look at the rest of the competition that the Commanders have this season. This week, they got the Giants. I'll save my predictions for the Giants on Wednesday. Then after the Giants, they got the Cowboys, Thanksgiving Day. Then after that, they got the Dolphins. They got the Rams, on the road at the Rams. They got on the road against the Jets. They have a home game against the 49ers and the Cowboys. So if you look at the the remaining schedule, you're talking about one, two, three, four, five. I'm looking at five potential losses. The Giants, although the Giants just got embarrassed and smacked by the Dallas Cowboys yesterday. Last time I checked, Washington did play against New York Giants, in which the commanders, they were the favorites. And leading into the game, the Giants only had five total sacks. They sacked Sam Howell several times in that game. I think six. So it wouldn't surprise me that the Giants would beat the Commanders again. And oh, mind you, it's a home game for the Commanders. And by the way, the Commanders are not that good at home. They're not. You look at the Cowboys, Cowboys are going to beat us. Come on. Dolphins, they're going to beat us. You look at the 49ers, they're going to beat us. And the Cowboys again, even though last year we beat the Cowboys at our home in the season finale, it wouldn't surprise us that the Cowboys would win. 
because they're completing for a playoff spot. They still have a chance to win the, divi uh, win the division. So, Commanders, as far as I'm concerned, the season is over. It's just over. Let me read some comments. Uh, my man, Brandon from the block. He was like, yo, and also I will be on Brandon's podcast later today. Go check him out. Please make sure you like and subscribe. Yo, PSP. Yeah, I'm frustrated. I want to hear nothing from you, Brandon. We all know you're a Seahawks fan. I told you that the Seahawks were going to win. And also go check out my man, Burgundy Drip Gold Trim. He also has a podcast on YouTube. And also go check him out on social media, TikTok, uh, Twitter, Instagram. He said, 7-10, and 10, draft an edge, tackle, linebacker in the first three rounds. That's exactly what Washington is going to have to do. And he also responded, we play way better on the road. No question about it. No question about it. We play much better than we do on the road than we do at home. Only one home game, only one home victory so far, and that was against the Arizona Cardinals in the season opener without Kyler Murray. Now, I want to talk about Sam Howell. I have underestimated Sam Howell. I thought that Sam Howell was going to be, at best, a top 15, top 18 quarterback in the National Football League. He's playing way much better than a top 15, top 18 quarterback in the NFL. Right now, just looking at the numbers, just looking at what he's done so far, he's playing like a top 10 quarterback. In the past three consecutive games against the Philadelphia Eagles, New England Patriots, and the Seattle Seahawks, two-thirds of that teams that are going to be in the discussion for playoffs. One team is going to be in the discussion for the Super Bowl. That's the Philadelphia Eagles. Sam Howell has played phenomenal. Three consecutive games of over 300 yards passing, going back to Kirk Cousins in 2015, the last time a Commanders quarterback has had three consecutive games of over 300 yards. And I'm reading this stat here on Twitter from NFL Rookie Watch. Sam Howell may have lost today, but he has officially established himself as the Commanders franchise quarterback. Currently, Howell is now leading the NFL, the entire NFL, in passing yards. He is 2,783. He's leading the entire NFL in passing completions, 264. He is also tied for third in the entire league in passing touchdowns, 17, against the Seattle Seahawks defense. He was 29 of 44, a completion percentage of 66%. 312 passing yards, three touchdown passes, 109.3. A 109.3 passer rating. Sam Howell has been playing his ass off. 
And Washington, and the reason why I'm so freaking mad is because he has been doing exactly everything and then some for the commanders. He's keeping us in games. He's putting up good numbers. He's doing his part spreading the football. And on top of that, he's also a solid good runner, folks. Sam Howell, even though he may not look like as the most mobile or athletic quarterback in the world, he's more mobile than you actually think he is. He had one mistake in that game. That was the fumble. And he's been also doing this behind a bad offensive line. And fortunately for us, we made the change by going from Nick Gates to Tyler Lawson at center. And Tyler Lawson has made a big difference for the commanders, particularly our offensive line. We've done a better job of protecting Sam Howell. And also to Sam Howell's credit, he's getting rid of the ball faster. You wasting away Sam Howell, man. The commander's defense, they are wasting away Sam Howell. Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio continuously put Sam Howell in these types of situations in which he's putting up these numbers in which he's playing so well. And all we're asking from for our defense, can you please, please, please play some fucking defense? Can you please lock down or shut down some of the wide receivers? Can you please be effective? Can you please give us urgency? Can you please help out your offense? And Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio and our secondary, Benjamin St. Juice, Kendall Fuller, our DBs, our safeties has been ass. They have been ass all season long. And then the next subject. Y'all going to probably kill me for saying this. I'm going to say this again, man. If there's one person or one component I blame besides um, the commander's offensive line, it is Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator. There, I said it. I am sick and tired of Eric Bieniemy disregarding the run. I, I will give Eric Bieniemy a lot of credit yesterday. He definitely did a better job utilizing Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. He definitely did its part on getting them more involved with the passing attack. He did. He absolutely did. Sam Howell made some smart decisions by getting rid of the ball, dumping it off to them. You look at Brian Robinson. Six receptions, 119 yards, one touchdown. One touchdown. As Champ Pryor said it, DBs, they don't want to deal with some dude like Brian Robinson. You don't. You don't want to deal with somebody like him. Because when he runs in between you, you damn sure you don't want to tackle him. Why not run the football more? Why is that so freaking complicated? 
Why are you taking... Why are you not giving the ball to two of your best running backs on that team? You're asking a lot from Sam Howell in his first year in the National Football League. And yes, Eric Bienmi, I get it. You come from Kansas City. You've been around Andy Reid. We all know Andy Reid likes to throw the football so damn much. And yes, Terry McLaurin may not be the Terry McLaurin we've seen in, in previous seasons, but you got to incorporate the run, man. You got to be more balanced. And also to Champ's point, he said it best. I feel like you're trying to do this just to get a head coaching job in the NFL. Can you please, for once, can you try to run the football can you try to make the offense more steady, more balanced? Can you really help us out? Because our defense you has been pitiful all season long. They have been pitiful, folks. They, they've been pitiful. They've been garbage. They cannot find a way to shut down the opposing offenses. If you want to help out this defense, EB, run the football. Milk the clock. Help us out and stop telling us it's our defense. It's our defense. We were trailing that much in that game. No, you're not. It was actually pretty competitive in that game against Seattle. There was still enough time for you to run the football. Why couldn't you do that? Because you like to throw the football much. That's why. And that's cluelessness on the part of Eric Bieniemy. If I'm going to be critical to Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio, I damn sure will. I got to be critical to Eric Bieniemy because you are an offensive coordinator. You were there to be a difference for the team, to make sure that Ron Rivera, who I, I'm losing more respect, I'm losing more and more respect for him as the days goes on. You were supposed to be there to manage the game, to help us out on offense, and to keep the urgency going and you you just run away from running the football unbelievable uh let me read you some more um interesting comments and burgundy drip go trim he's been going on it he says it here we play better on the road yeah we do find a new gm and coaching staff Hmm. Find a new GM and coaching staff. Well, we all know Ron Rivera, his days in Washington are numbered. He's gone. Go over. Bye. Finito. Out of here. Find, uh, I mean, a new GM. Burgundy, which GM are you looking for? What type of GM, which is the best GM that's out there in order to help the commanders? Because I'll take anybody. I damn sure don't want Bill Belichick. I, I told y'all I do not want Bill Belichick for the team. Sorry. No. He, he He's too old. Um, The Patriots way, it doesn't work. I'm sorry. His style, his game, his philosophy does not work in today's game. He hasn't got ahead with the times. You have to think of a GM that I can definitely strongly consider. Burgundy still continued. Our defense so bad, we need a we need a containment corner LBs. We need a lot of work in Washington. 
We absolutely need a lot, a lot of work with our defense. We have to just clean up house. Sam kept us in games. Heineke couldn't. The defense so bad. Sam Howell has been, hey, he's been doing his part, man. He's not only keeping us in games, but he's putting up crazy numbers that Taylor Heineke normally couldn't do. Burgundy drip go trim. This team is a conundrum. Offense great than defense. Bad. And last year, our defense was actually really solid. Just show up. We could be 8-2 and two right now if the defense played like we did last year. I don't know about 8-2. and two, But we could be more like 6-4, 7-3. Our defense is, is what hurting us, man. And then uh, EB needs to run more. Yeah, I, I said it before, man. Eric Bieniemy, he keeps killing us, man. Why can't you run the ball more, man? This is not Kansas City. Sam Howell, as well as he's been playing this season, he's no Patrick Mahomes, man. He's not. He's not Patrick Mahomes. And yeah, I also agree with you, Burgundy. We need to do more zone runs. Yes! Why not do that? Zone runs, zone read options. We've seen Sam Howell run the football with some zone reads here and there. We also could use that with Gibson and Robinson. Why is EB running away from that? He's a running backs coach that refuses to run the football. Shocking. A absolutely shocking. I mean, you were a former running backs coach and you just want to throw the football that many times? I get it. It's a, I get it. We're in a different league. I get it. We're in a different day with the passing. But damn, stop throwing the football so damn much. You know your defense is that bad. It's disgraceful. And you still want to run the football and you still want to throw the football that much. That's what's hurting your defense, other than the fact that they're so terrible. I think Terry hurt. I don't mind spreading the wealth, but he has had zero 100 yard games. Maybe that toe nagging him. Yeah, I think. That toe injury that, that has been bothering Terry McLaurin all season long. I also think that defenses have done a better job containing him, better job preparing him. Because leading into the season, Terry McLaurin was mentioned as a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. And we've seen uh, Jahan Dotson. We've seen Deami Brown. We've seen other guys in that game have stepped up. I mean, we saw Deami Brown when Sam Howell connected on that touchdown pass to um connected with we saw sam howell throw the touchdown pass to deami brown but here was the problem though there was like 52 seconds left in that game that's way too much time for any team to come back and win the game or put it in the overtime and i think the commanders they gave up too much time for gino and company and also burgundy said he's a running back coach that don't like running I don't get it. How are you a running backs coach, but you don't like running the football? <laughs> you know how it can help out your young quarterback as far as taking some of the pressure off of him. And you know how that'd be beneficial for our defense. And you refuse to do that. That don't make no fucking sense. I I I'm sorry. It, it really doesn't. 
It absolutely really doesn't, man. I give a lot of credit to the Seattle Seahawks. I give a lot of credit to Geno. I give a lot of credit to Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. That 52 seconds, the way that Geno hooked up with uh, DK Metcalf on those last two passes and putting Jason Myers in position for the game-winning field goal. And by the way, Jason Myers in that game was perfect. Five of five from yesterday's game. I mean, I don't know what more. I, I don't know what to say, man. As a Commanders fan, this. Oh my God. Oh my God. And then um, Burgundy, EB underutilizes weapons that could make the game easier for Sam. Hey, yes, yes. I mean. You, I mean, try to get other guys involved more. Try to balance it out. I mean, come on, EB. This is not a way for you to make a case to be a head coach in the NFL. I mean, come on, bro. And I have publicly supported you. I've defended you. I think you're the type of guy that should be a head coach on the NFL level. But when you refuse to run the football when needed, and when you heavenly rely on the passing game too much and you know how it hurts your team and that defense. I mean, come on. I mean, like, why? Why are you so damn clueless? I, I, I mean, it, it's just, I, I just don't get it, bro. I just don't get it. Why a guy like him refuses to run the football when it's needed? It, 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 I just don't get it. It really doesn't make sense to me. It truly doesn't. I mean, but I know there's going to be a lot of changes for the commanders. There are going to be some major changes with this team we got to improve our offensive line no question no if ands or buts about it this offensive line must be improved this offense has the potential of being a top 10 top 5 offense in the NFL they're loaded with weapons Sam Howell has lately been playing like a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. But without an offensive line, that's a world of trouble. And then the defense. Our secondary is just bad. We need to make changes. Benjamin St. Juice, Kendall Fuller, and e e Emmanuel Forbes are just not the answer. And we got to get some pass rushers because, look, we understand that we couldn't take care of Chase Young and Montez Sweat. They were going to be free agents after the year. Okay, by paying them a ton of money for guys and Chase Young, who's had durability issues and has only made one Pro Bowl in his career, nah. And with Montez Sweat, 
I mean, even though I think he has the potential of being a pro bowler, but he's never made a pro bowl in his career. And he's going to want his money, a lot of money. So we had to move on from him. Um, We're going to have to make some serious um decisions in free agency and in the offseason. Commanders fans, my only advice to you is focus on next season. Try to enjoy as much as you can regarding Sam Howell. That's the only, only silver lining. Ron Rivera must be gone. And I'll be honest with you, I I don't understand why he's still with this team. Why he's still a head coach with the Commanders. He should be gone now. As of today, his services should no longer be needed. Because I'm losing faith in him. He he once had the previous nickname Riverboat Ron. He's now Shiverboat Ron. And um do and speaking of that, do I had a problem with him not going it? For two, I don't. This is not like the same situation as with the Philadelphia Eagles at Lincoln Financial Field. I think it was week three or week four or week five in that game when the time expired. He could have went for two, but he decided not to. He decided he wanted to go to overtime, and then he admitted that the team was exhausted or gassed. In this situation, he decided to go for the extra point. Although Joey Slyle, our kicker, when we scored the touchdown to put it 6-0, to zero, he missed the extra point. You figured, okay, he missed the extra point. Why not try to go for two? Why not try to give us a one-point lead? I don't have a problem with him not going for two and going for the extra point because there's still 52 seconds left on the clock. Unless there were like three or four seconds left in that game or if time expired, then I can understand him going for two. But when there's like 50-something seconds left on the clock, I would say just go for the extra point. It was really more of our defense. Our defense just couldn't stop Seattle from field goal possession. Uh, Burgundy continued, we need a GM who understands the style of today's game. But the question is who? Which head coach, which GM that we can possibly look for and say, this is the GM for the Washington Commanders. This is the guy that's going to help us. Magic Johnson and Josh Harris better figure out something. Burgundy drip go trim. Our bread and butter the run game. Quick pass, then try to go deep. Yeah, balance it up. Balance it up. But he just likes to throw the football too damn much, Burgundy. That's his problem. And he also said Terry, uh, Seattle was prepared for Terry. Now people see why I was so big on Devon Witherspoon. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I mean, I'm glad you mentioned that, Burgundy, about Devon Witherspoon. Because now, man, I'm starting to regret drafting Emmanuel Forbes, even though it's still early in his career. But the concerns about him, man. 
We've seen him go up against A.J. Brown. We've seen him go up against Stephon Diggs. We've seen him go up against other wide receivers, and he's been struggling. Albeit he's a rookie, and I get he's a rookie, and I get the knock on him was his size. But you know what? Even though he's injured, I felt like we should have drafted um, Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon because he was fast and he was physical as well. I felt like that was the corner that we should have drafted instead of Emmanuel Forbes. Devon Witherspoon was going to go to Seattle. It seemed like Seattle, if unless they had a chance to draft Anthony Richardson to be the backup behind Geno, if they weren't going to get Anthony Richardson or any other quarterback that was out there, they were going to go for someone on defense. And they went with Devon Witherspoon, and Devon Witherspoon has played well. I mean, just look at the Monday night football game against New York Giants in which he had like, what, two interceptions, including a pick six in that game. And he made, he, he gave Daniel Jones a nightmare in that game, man. Uh, Burgundy also continued, Banks, the containment corner we needed. Yep. Ball Hawks are overrated. Yeah, they are. It's about how you um shut down and contain some of the best wide receivers from from the slot, inside, outside. It's about what you do as far as shutting them out and contain them. And that's not and that's not Emmanuel Forbes. Emmanuel Forbes is more of a ball hawk, not a true shutdown corner. So I think for Washington, you're gonna have to get somebody who can get a shutdown corner. Emmanuel Forbes can be effective as a ball hawk, but if you're asking him to be a shutdown corner, nah, bro. That ain't him. That ain't him. That, for for a fact, that damn sure ain't him. But, um, we gotta address our pass rush. We gotta address, um, we gotta find somebody out there. Now, Champ mentioned, Champ Pryor, go check him out on TikTok, Instagram. He mentioned something about Daniel Hunter of the Minnesota Vikings. He may enter free agency or not. We have to take a shot at him. I think we should take a shot at Daniel Hunter or whoever's available in the draft. Bottom line is... We need to get pass rushers because since the past two games, since we traded Chase Young and Montez Sweat, Washington has only allowed one sack, only registered one sack. And we can't ask Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen to do that much for the team. That'd be totally unfair to them. They're already doing their part as far as trying to do their best to get after the quarterback and also stop the run. Yeah, go after Daniel. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Go after Daniel Hunter and draft the edge from Bama. Ain't mad at that. <laughs> yeah, one thing we know about Nick Saban for a fact, I mean defense, man. The pass rushers, we need defensive players. We need impact players right away. Um, We got we to gotta do something. We got to do something. I mean... We got to find somebody to um, get, man. And then, of course, our offensive line. We got to get somebody out there to protect Sam Howell. Sam Howell is getting hit, man. 
Now, even though these uh, past recent games, we've been doing a better job protecting him. We've been doing a better job um, giving him enough protection in the pocket. The question is who? We all, yeah, you mentioned, you already mentioned a linebacker and pick up a tight end in free agency and in the third or fourth round. Unfortunately, I would love to see the commanders draft Brock Bowers, but he's easily going to be a top 10 pick, maybe top five. We, but we have to draft the tight end nevertheless because Logan Thomas, even though I like him, he's not the long term solution. He's in his 30s. I felt like, regardless of the injury issues, we should have drafted Darnell Washington in the draft. Can you imagine what a difference Darnell Washington could be for the team and for Sam Howell? I mean, you're talking about bombs away, offense for days. With Washington, and you pair him up with Terry, Curtis Samuel, De'Ami Brown. And yeah, Sam with Bowers would be insane, man, because we all know how... I think Brock Bowers, I think he is the best tight end prospect we've seen going back to Kyle Pitts in 2021. He's that dude out of Georgia, man. He's fast, he's fluid, um, He can. he's great run after the catch. He also can make acrobatic catches he is physical and he's so fluid imagine ben johnson as our head coach oh wow Th that that that'd be nice you know that'd be nice man but I, I i i mean i would love you know who i would really love burgundy as far as a head coach i would love to have D'Amico ryan's Unfortunately, he's now with the Houston Texans. And by the way, he's been doing an, a heck of a job with that team. I don't know how you feel about it. But if there's a head coach I would like to see. How about Steve Wilkes? Steve Wilkes, now the defensive coordinator, I think, for the San Francisco 49ers. And by the way, did a solid job for the Carolina Panthers last year. And I'll tell you right now. The, San Fran uh, the Carolina Panthers sure miss him because right now they're dealing with Frank Reich. A former quarterback, used to play for the Panthers, former offense, uh, offensive mind. You don't think that the Carolina Panthers would want Steve Wilkes right now, especially with what they're seeing from the Carolina Panthers? I mean, Frank Reich, the job that he is doing with Bryce Young has been a huge Huge disservice, man. It's gotten so bad for Bryce Young. Carolina, looking whether they'll admit it or not, they made the mistake going with Bryce Young instead of C.J. Stroud. And yeah, you admitted it yourself, just like I admitted, man. Panthers regret passing up on Stroud. And that's on the organization with the Carolina Panthers by going with Frank Reich. They should have went with Steve Wilkes because Steve Wilkes at least made the Panthers competitive enough last year to make the playoffs. I would actually like to see Steve Wilkes there. A defensive mind, can help out the defense, can motivate. I think he can do a good job with this defense because I damn sure don't trust Ron Rivera and um, I damn sure don't trust Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio anymore. Now, if you want to tell me that Eric Bieniemy could be the head coach for the team, I wouldn't mind that. Minus the fact that he runs away from running the football, 
you see the potential what he has shown us with this offense, man. You see the potential with this offense. You see what he's been doing with Sam Howell. You see the types of numbers that he's been putting up. Washington is loaded with weapons. All we just need to do is improve our offensive line. I think if we do that, we have a chance of competing. But it's going to take some time, man. It's going to take a lot of time to help us out, man. And I'm starting to have more and more faith and confidence, Sam Howell. Because I don't know what more could you ask. I don't know what more could you ask from him, man. I really don't. But anyway, folks, that concludes the rest of the episode of Commander's Demand. Um, Before, let me get one last comment from Burgundy, and then I got to wrap up out of here. Get the O-line and free agency. Yeah, definitely. Whether O-line and free agency or anyone in the draft. But in order for us, Burgundy, to do that, it's going to take a lot of convincing on Magic Johnson and Josh Harris. And that is why I love having them them as the new owners as opposed to Daniel Snyder. Magic is a winner. Magic has um, the type of personality. I think he's the type of person that can get players to come here. It's going to have to take a lot of convincing on Magic's part, though. But if anyone could actually pull it or sell it off, it should be him. And I think with Magic and Josh Harris, it's going to take a lot of convincing on their part, though. But that's why they're there. Because at least for Commanders fans, who are we to trust? Who are we to question otherwise? Either you want them, or you want Dan Snyder doing all the talking and negotiating and the convincing. Come on now. But anyway, folks, that concludes the rest of the episode of Commander's Demand. Sorry it took a little longer than I expected. But please make sure you like and subscribe to the Grid Network, the G-R-Y-D Network. Go check out my man Bryson's podcast, Carving It Up Podcast. Also check out Tuesday's show of the 8 o'clock show. Go check us out. Also make sure you like and subscribe to the Sports PSP Podcast. Thank you all for taking the time to listen to the pod. Hope you enjoy the rest of your day and God bless.